0: Hello, my friend. Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am your host, Misty Phillip, and I am so glad that you are joining me today. Who wants to hear a good story? I love a good story. And now more than ever, we need stories to tell our children that are good, faithful, True, righteous stories that inspire them to greatness. Well, today I am excited to welcome Chris Wall, who is the co founder of Shining Isle Productions, and he is working on the Wing Feather Saga. This is a series of books that's become an animation series. And it provokes the imagination of children while giving them a gospel centered message. And we need good, wholesome family entertainment now more than ever. Chris is a very talented, influential creator of kids and family faith-infused content. You may know him from his work on Veggie Tales. He's also worked on The Wonderful Wizard of Haas, St. Nicholas, Noah's Ark, and 13 other productions. Another project he worked on that we talked about was 321 Penguins. I remember my kids loved that when they were young. He's also worked on Max Lucado's You Are Special, but he's here today to talk about his work with the Wingfeather Saga, why we need good stories, and I am just so excited for you to get to know Chris. So, Chris Wall, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thanks for uh, having me on here.
0: Yeah, I am excited to have you here. And we are going to talk about a new project that you are working on called Wing Feather Saga. Can you tell me about it?
1: Yeah, it is a a new animated series that is based on a set of four novels, fantasy novels, that our family read when they were released and just loved them. And as a dad of six, we're always looking for just great stuff we can read together, chapter books, that kind of thing. And it really engaged us on so many levels, both imaginatively and then with a lot of deep meaning. And so I had the opportunity to, to step in with the author and create a company. And we have set out on an animated series that we've just started production on.
0: So now this is not your first rodeo when it comes to animation, right? So tell me before we talk a little bit more about Wingfeather, I want to hear about some of your past projects. So what are some of the other things that you've worked on?
1: It's so interesting. I have had, I actually stepped back on this at 2015 or so, had kind of a fork in the road of like options or projects. And I realized as I look back that my career has been marked by kids and family in faith influenced material. I don't think that I'd necessarily set out to say, "Hey, I want to work in this space exclusively," but it had been marked my career, and I had an option to go to, to a more secular thing, and, and I just was like, "No, this is what I'm supposed to be doing." So I had, I kind, of, I felt like I kind of stumbled into right out of college. Got to work on a Max Cato story. You are special. It's an old, you know, picture book that we turn into an animated direct video little movie, and I got to be the voice of the character. I edited that project, and 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 just all really enjoyed it. And then a few years later, got an opportunity to join Big Idea to help create VeggieTales and then worked with them for a little over 11 years, made 16 movies with them and just had a wonderful journey. And then after that, went and created the Slugs and Bugs show with Randall Goodgame. I saw that you had on your podcast not too long ago, Jenny Owens. She was a part of our season one yeah. uh, we love her and a lot of it, it's a it's a Sesame Street kind of. Uh, Tales combo with puppets and with guests each episode. And so Jenny was one of our guests. And she's just awesome.
0: She is awesome. Uh, yeah, that was but, one of my um, favorite episodes, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. And she's so funny. I think one of the things, Randall knew her more than I did. And he's like, hey, just so you're clear, she's really funny. So be ready, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she on set was a blast. But And then, yeah, now getting to step in with Winged Feather Saga. And it's just been a delight. You know, again, like I mentioned, as a dad of six, you know, I'm always looking for entertainment that we can all get around and VeggieTales for me in college was that, right? Yeah. You know, college I mean, I students, raised my boys on veg-
0: on VeggieTales. Yeah. And yeah. Di- w- didn't you work on 321 Penguins too? I did. Yeah. Three, two, one. Yeah.
1: Okay. So here's a funny story. <laughs> we got acquired in 2012 by DreamWorks Animation. And we had always accused that they're penguins of Madagascar, you know, that were stolen from us at VeggieTales, like because 3 and Penguins had been around and their characters were so much the same, even like the strat, like we're like, you guys totally, and I never could clear that up. I actually hunted around for a while trying to see who was a part of that that would have, did you see our series and steal them, you know? (laughs) But but yeah, it was super fun. We uh, actually was approached the the parent company at that time, Classic Media, had a Saturday morning block on NBC called Cubo, and they said, hey, we want to put this Tales And what else you have? Oh, that 321 Penguins. Let's put that on there. And so they took just the catalog ones and put on there. And 321 Penguins was a huge hit. Like people found it, that didn't know about the older version of that series because they had made six episodes. So we came along and, and added another set of episodes to kind of build that out and uh, worked with a great team, both in-house and then overseas to bring that to life. It was really delightful.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So tell me more about the wing feather saga and what it's about. And then let's talk about the crowdfunding and what you're doing with the project. So that's really cool.
1: That's great. Yeah. So the story for a lot of folks, they, they find a linkage between kind of the epic stakes of like a Lord of the Rings where there's a a big story of the characters have to go through, but it has this wit like princess bride that just kind of, you're just aware the author gets it. Right. And then there's this whimsical tone that reminds a lot of us of C.S. Lewis and Narnia. I mean, Uh, can
0: you get better than that trifecta? I mean, seriously. (laughs) When somebody
1: early on, somebody said that and I was like, Oh, that's so it, you know, like whenever you're trying to describe something new that you've experienced, you know, you kind of have to look at external things. And and that I think is a really good description. Similar to a lot of those stories though, when you read the first book, it kind of starts light and whimsical and you're like, this is fun. You know, it's clever. It's, it's making me smile. We're having a good time. And then things begin to happen that land and and they're way more poetic and truthful and meaningful. And I say truthful the capital T where it's like it's ringing kingdom ideas that you're like, hang on now. Uh, But the series, I think what, what most struck us and what I got really excited about is it doesn't present as overt Christian storytelling it's a deeper Christian story. So when we think about like Lord of the Rings, a lot of folks talk about that as, as a Christian fantasy. Well, what makes that right? It's, there's a bigger question because there's no like overt Jesus in the world or, or you know, but, but we see these, these, these parallels of the way that we, we believe in good triumphing over evil. We believe in self-sacrifice uh, and sacrificial love. We believe in these themes. Those are deeply Christian ideas that when rooted in story can affect And what I was struck by that is, you know, C.S. Lewis had talked about his own struggle with religion, you know, that he was like kind of shut it out as a youth. And he said, anytime someone would approach with these new ideas, the watchful dragons of his conscious mind would shut out those ideas, right? And say, no, I'm out. But he found that stories and particularly fairy stories, he called them, had a way to sneak past those watchful dragons and introduce ideas to consider in his heart that he couldn't do with his waking mind, right? And I just was like so taken with that. So in reading Wingfeather Saga, that was our own experience: is that it began to wrestle with ideas and themes, ones of identity, that it could get at in a story with these characters that we loved, that that we couldn't in an overt story that would that would march through the front door saying, "I'm here to challenge what you think about identity." So that is wonderful. It's about this uh, family; they could be family, a mother. Uh, grandfather and three children, two boys and a girl that live in a little town called Glipwood on the edge of the dark sea of darkness. And there is a great evil in the land. There is nag the nameless who has no name and there are creatures all about the woods that will come out to get you, including the toothy cows, which look just like Chick-fil-A cows, but with huge fangs. And the 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 land has been overtaken. It's kind of a post-war occupation by the fangs of Dang. Dang is a terrible place. And the fangs are, are awful people, awful creatures. They're, they're walking, talking lizards that kind of take over the place. And the Igibi children are suspicious that they're they're destined for something greater than just this farm in this little town, but their mother and grandfather won't speak of anything of their past. They just know that their father died in the war. And then things are discovered about who they really are and what their purpose is in the world. And things begin to change as the story unfolds.
0: That's awesome. And don't we need some good stories about identity and our identity in Christ and who we are? Because I think that that is one of the biggest struggles that young people today are facing. They're being bombarded with lies and they're unsure of themselves. So that is definitely a message that parents can get around instilling, you know, that positive identity and knowing who we are in Christ is. That's right. And
1: I think that, that, you know, we know that our creator set us on a path. to to deep satisfaction and to contentment and joy found in the way that he created us. And yet we're offered right away as children and as adults, identities we can put on like David with Saul's armor that we're given identities to try on and say, Hey, you should be like this. What about this? And I think with the, you know, rapid ingestion of social media, we get offered even more and more identities that we could try on. And some of those can distort us and really make us feel terrible right? And discontent and, and lonely. And, and we just see that kind of working its way out. And, and I love the way this story begins to help people to think about it in a broader way, both in a, in, in a I think there's two parts of that. Sometimes we're called, we know that there's an identity, there's a, call, there's a thing we're wired for, but we don't want to do it because we're selfish. And we're like, no, I kind of want to just do what I do, right? And, and there's this pulling ahead to say, and yet, if you'll go this path you're going to find some things that will probably bring you more joy and contentment than the thing you're trying right now. And we sometimes don't have the imagination for what God has for us. And I love the way stories can spark that imagination. One of the things that i found in my, as a kid, I love fantasy stories, but there were some fantasy stories that I would read that I would put the book down and I walk outside and the world was blah, right? The world just kind of felt flat. It's like, this was wonderful, but this is awful. But there are other fantasy stories that you read I think like Lord of the Rings does this, that I put it down, I walk outside and the world is more alive, is more magical, that the fireflies that appear ignite my imagination. The work in a garden to see something come to life means something more, you know, about the coming kingdom and the work we do. And 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 the world comes more alive. And I think that's what I love about this story and Wingfeather particularly is because I have that sensation that when I put the books down and finish the world is more alive to us. And that's a careful working, I think, in the storyteller to root it in things that are a part of God's creation, made wonderful, made new with new lenses, you know, that, that I, I kind of sparkle at that maybe I was missing before. And and I think that the same way that it ignites our imagination about our identity and what path we may have, that may not look like what some of the, you know, popular things tell us are are great to chase in the world they may look a little more homely but they're wonderful you know yeah so yeah.
0: That's that's awesome. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about this project and how it's been crowdfunded, because I think you have now, surpa- did y'all surpass the Chosen for the largest crowdfunded or you're on your way yeah, to- Yeah, not
1: largest. No, uh, but we did pass them in our speed. So it went oh, very okay. fast, which somebody said, well, of course, because the Chosen, they just loosened the pickle jar for us, which they very well might have, but- <laughs> We got to our first. We were raising five million dollars for season one in in public investment, and we finished that out last week. We got to our first million in forty eight hours. Wow! Uh, And we beat the chosen by two days to that number. So you know, it was the most wonderful thing because Andrew and I set off about six years ago to begin working on this and have shopped this project all over Hollywood, every studio you can imagine, multiple times, and we're just met with apathy. Frankly, just um, yeah, we don't see this story doing any work doesn't have some of the high hot button topics that we like and get excited about, you know, and it doesn't kind of get into the social agenda side. It doesn't have on the Christian side, it's not heavily overt. It doesn't have the kind of social war of God's not dead or some of these things. It's a more subtle story. And, and, you know, as much as passion as we felt about it, there was just a lot of like, yeah, we're not seeing it. I don't think audiences are there for it. And we just felt like, man, but we feel like there's so many families that have read the story and, and, you know, it's wonderful to go on like Amazon and read reviews from people who don't know you, you know, and see how engaged they are. And and we got to make this uh, back in 2017, a little short film that we put out on YouTube and to see people who just kind of stumbled across it. And they're like, what is this story? You know, and like, I really think there's something there, but we just couldn't figure out a way to endorse that. So then along comes angel studios with the chosen. And we started talking with them about what would it look like to bring wing feather saga out that same path and have a path directly to an audience that could say with their own dollars to vote and say, yes, we want this to exist. And and we it's just an astonishing, it was 20 days in that campaign to get this investment for season one. And for those families and readers and, and new people that came in to just really give us a wind in the sails to say, yes, we want content like this to exist. And we're going to give the resource for it and a path to the audience to find it you know, that it doesn't just get lost. I think that's what sometimes can happen with really beautiful projects that get made, but then they're lost in a sea of Netflix tiles or Amazon tiles that like, how will I ever find it? You know, I'm excited about that path as well.
0: Well, and I'm excited to have something that is well done and doesn't have some of the themes that other things have in them because I will get very disappointed as a family. Like we'll really like something, it'll be really good, and then they slip in something that is a social justice issue and we're like the storyline didn't even need that. Why sure. did you put that in there? And you know, I, th- I feel like there's really there's an agenda. And so I'm glad that y'all are countercultural with that and making something that will intrigue the minds of young people through good storytelling and Mm -hmm. tell them about the, the, the greater story.
1: Yeah. And I think that Andrew and I both feel really strongly called to rather than curse the darkness and all the the things that we may find like disappointing series or television or movies that we might sit down with our families and go, uh, uh, worldview is off you know and and like I find it a lot for my daughters with three boys three girls and my teenage daughters you know in romantic comedies often have really subversive ideas about uh, romance and relationships that are just false and it's like I, I'll, I'm the worst to watch movies with this dad is <laughs> <It's a> pause <laughs> all right we got to talk about this this is that's a disaster <laughs> like that's not what you root a relationship and you know this kind of thing and they're like dad come on <laughs> But those nefarious ideas, and everybody brings a worldview. Everybody brings a lens. And, and we, of course, as Christ followers, bring a lens to our storytelling. But we're here first to tell stories. And I think that was one of the guiding principles is let's not just worry about pointing out the bad things in the world because there's lots of bad things. But instead, let's just build a fire and make light and bring truth into wonderful stories. Now, we respect craft deeply. And, and so Andrew and I, when we set out, we said three things that would define the kind of stories we'd get behind. Because Wing Feather Saga is one of them, but we have lots of others. The first is we want to tell stories and be involved with stories that we would have geeked out as kids. And I think that's really critical. We learned in Tales that there's a lot of aspirational viewing that parents and grandparents want for their kids. But the kids more and more have access to the remote. And you can tell them, here, watch this. It's good for you. But if the kids don't want to watch it, they're not watching it. Yeah. And so our job as storytellers is to win those children, right. To win their little hearts, to, to, to stir up their imaginations, to say, I want to engage in that story. And if we can't do that, we've got to work better at our craft to do that. And I think craft wins that. The second for us was the, we wanted to create in our stories, something in the audience that is a sense of deep longing, right. That awakens in their little souls, a, a sense of there's something else. There's, there's something beyond the veil or something happening. And great stories do that. The little thing, the hair on the back of our neck, the, there's just something and great music does this too. Right. And so we wanted that. And then the third, we want to convey truth, but with as much artistic integrity as we can possibly muster, right. That, that, that truth is in there, uh, but, but it doesn't go upside down. Kids know the difference when they're being taught versus being to be entertained and mm-hmm. veggies was that way too. We're here to entertain you first. And then inside of there is going to be a little nugget of truth. If I get those backwards, I've just turned into Sunday school and kids know that they know, Oh, you're here to teach me while being silly and wearing a clown outfit. Right. That's a different engagement than if I'm here to actually entertain you with a story and songs and then but but in there is truth kind of embedded within it. and that's our desire is to work in that space.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. love that so much. Okay, so when can we expect to see this project come to life?
1: So animation takes a long time. Yeah. And it's it's very expensive
0: too, right? I mean, I have a friend who has an animated series. And when she told me how much it cost, I was like, Lord have mercy. I know. Well, so this
1: $5 million we just raised, you know, is going to fund six episodes. Now there's a new Monsters Incorporated series coming out from from Disney Plus and Pixar. That series is running reportedly about $14 million per episode. The the last WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier, all those were $25 million per episode. So when we think about why is it
0: so expensive? I have to know. It's a
1: lot of great artists and technicians doing great work. And it's just it's a slow, patient thing. Time consuming. Yeah. It just takes a lot of time. And and it's interesting because there's a lot of this like, well, it's just a worthless amount of money. No, you don't get to that level of wonder that we all see in these great big movies, you know, that just like, what just happened without a lot of craft going into it. You know it, it's a lot of time. I mean you know, an average uh, animated feature, those folks are on that thing in full production for about three years. Wow, you know with a huge staff of people working very, very hard. so it, it does it costs a lot. and this is one of those barriers, you know that that in the, you have to have a path to an audience that can that can make that money to make the system all work. So you can produce really low budget thin stuff, but then the craft suffers a bit, you know and so we're thrilled to have the resource to be able to do a modest job, right? We're kind of in the middle of the pack uh, being able to make these episodes, but it'll be about a, a year and a half. So towards the end of 22, that we'll be able to get these episodes out to people. And it'll be the same experience as those have had with Dry Bar Comedy from Angel or The Chosen, where you'll download a Wing Feather Saga app and get to watch our episodes right there and engage in all kinds of other fun behind the scenes and other fun stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And so congratulations on crowdfunding this project. I'm excited for you and all of the things that are ahead for y'all and cannot wait to actually check the books out because that's not something that we read. And so we're going to have to check those out because my My husband and I have all boys are are big fantasy guys. And so they've read, you know, all the C.S. Lewis, all the, you know, all the things that Tolkien, you know, the Cimmerillion multiple times. I made my youngest son read everything before he could watch any of the movies. And that's right. Yeah, we did
1: the same thing. Yeah. Uh
0: Yeah. So we'll have to definitely check that out. So um, I
1: I will say that's what I recommend for families right now that in this window, we're working hard, making the enemy go read the books. You'll have a blast. You know, they're great as read-alouds, as families. Andrew intentionally wrote the chapters a little shorter to make them a little easier to kind of, you know, oh, that's all for tonight. We tried doing our family <laughs> over winter. <laughs> did Lord of the Rings. I don't recommend Lord of the Rings in no read-aloud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no,
1: you the may want to start with The Hobbit. Along. The
0: Hobbit might be a little bit better. The Hobbit
1: was okay, but we yeah. did it all. We did it all. And it was so much reading. And they were like, dad, these chapters never end. I'm like, I know. <laughs> But uh, anyways, we I think right now kids can, and families could go engage in the, the book series. We're so excited. We, Penguin Random House came to us in 2019 to republish the entire series, all four books with all new hardcover versions, new artwork, interior, and just a whole big push that they released March of last year. And that happened to be right when kind of quarantine was happening. A lot of families were looking for stuff to engage in. And this series really met a lot of families right where they were. Uh, and it, it's been really powerful to see the growth in the audience and just people you know, finding a great story.
0: So, so. is it, is there an audit? Is there an audio?
1: Yeah. And with Andrew, the author reading it. Oh, that's uh,
0: awesome. Okay. We yeah. have a road trip coming up in two weeks. So I know what, what we're doing. Yep. yep. There you go. All right. Well, where can we learn more?
1: So wingfeathersaga.com is our website, all the updates on the books and of course all the series updates will be put through there. If you're into socials, you can go follow us on Facebook or Instagram uh, wingfeathersaga. We don't do much on Twitter, not much to say there, but you'll see it on Facebook and Instagram. Lots of fun stuff. We have an official fan page on the Wingfeather Saga for uh, Facebook that's got a lot of fans engaging there. I'll just caution that, that people should be careful because there's a fair amount of spoilers that show up there. So, yeah, but it's a great community of people, you know, that have been around these books for a number of years. So it's great.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Philip, and I would love to connect with you there.